It wasn't, it wasn't even a cool dog, like a Rottweiler. <laughs> no, it was like, no, a schnauzer. schnauzer almost took me off the earth. <laughs> so, did you drink a lot? Did you yeah. uh, do drugs? I mean, what? Yeah, I, yes, to both. <laughs> and I got to tell you, I, I was an ass. Really? For the bulk of those years. Okay, just and like what you mean, arrogant? The, the arrogant. It was just all about Phil Moon, whatever Phil Moon could do to benefit Phil Moon. Okay. Uh, and I didn't care who I walked on, who I stepped on, who I angered. Have you ever passed someone on the sidewalk and wondered what their story is? What makes them tick? What makes them who they are? I'm Nathan Wade, and I'm the host of Everyone Has a Story podcast. Each week we interview an average person and explore the events that have impacted, shaped, and molded them into the individuals they are today. In this world of vicious social media rants and bitter partisan politics, we need to put the Facebook down, shut the Fox News or CNN off, and take our neighbor a plate of cookies. I'm trying to do my small part here to bring people a little closer together. So grab your favorite beverage, find a comfy chair, and join me in on the conversation. Everyone Has a Story releases a new episode every Monday morning. You can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You can also listen and subscribe at everyonehasastorypodcast.com. Remember, everyone is unique. Everyone has a story. What's yours? Right, it's still between the profound and the profane, a comedy podcast where lifelong friends gather together in spare bedroom studios to trade friendly stories, give friendly advice, and try to learn something new about their friends. Today, just like last week, and for a couple of more weeks, we're giving you our top episodes. That's right, prime picks of Between the Profound and the Profane. Uh, these are episodes fit for uh, bone horse trash people, those who have been here from the beginning. These are some classic episodes that you all should really enjoy getting back into, but these are also a good beginning point to really get the essence of what the episodes are. Uh, This is Ian's favorite episode. Uh, I think it's Pooh's Labyrinth. I'm going to toss it over to him and let him tell you all about it. Hope you guys enjoy the episode. Hello, this is Ian Brown from TheBonusHours.com. My favorite episode of Between the Profound and the Profane is actually Pooh's Labyrinth. It's my favorite episode because I feel that that's one of the ones where we all brought the most to the table. I love the, I love the beginning part about uh, switching out Niles Crane for Sylvester Stallone, um, who happened to be lobotomized by the end of it, but... Hey, we all had a good time. And the other parts I really enjoyed, uh, I loved the one where Chris Myers uh, was talking about how uh, Batman would train uh, Spider-Man in the future. And, uh, you know, that's how Spider-Man would take that influence. And I really enjoyed that. Um, Of course, the uh, switching out Pooh, or I'm sorry, switching out uh, Guillermo del Toro for the director of Pooh, and it would be called Pooh's Labyrinth. That's the title of the uh, episode for for many reasons, I think. <laughs> uh, another part that I really enjoyed uh, it was the fact that uh, when Chris Warco mentioned the uh, switching out uh, Superman 
uh, instead of Superman coming to Earth, rather it's Lex Luthor going to Krypton. And that was an amazing story. He, he really wrote that one out. I enjoyed that a lot. Um, you know, overall, I mean, I could, I could keep the list going for a long time. Uh, it, it really is one of my favorites, and I hope you all enjoyed it. Thanks so much. Uh, Are we going to leave that running? Yes. Yes, okay. it's fucking summer. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, we had as, so many people pass out. Uh, uh, as <laughs> Matt J. of Cartoons 101, as well as the What a Cartoon podcast said, uh, podcast makers, do not fear turning on your fans and air conditioners. It's summer. Fuck it. We all know that Kermit's favorite song is Black Parade. That's true. When I was a young come boy, in, come in and do it. my father took me into the city to see a marching band. He said, son, when you grow up, will you be the savior of the broken? <laughs> the beaten and the damned. <laughs> he said, son, when you grow up, I'll be the savior of the broken, <laughs> the beaten and the damned. <laughs> That's right. Between the Profane and the Profane, a comedy podcast where lifelong friends gather together in this, my spare bedroom, the trade for the stories. <laughs> Give friendly advice and do terrible Kermit impressions. Try to make some new friends. Hey, out there, new friends, true believers, bone whores, and personal army of trash people. How do you do the voice? I forgot where my Kermit was. It's down in here. Yeah. Your Kermit's down in here. I guess so. Kermit the Frog. Kermit the Frog here. That's true. Let's <laughs> just have an hour of this. <laughs> Tell me why you love me, Kermit. <laughs>
We'll just put on a one-man Muppet show. We'll get you some. If for whatever reason you enjoy whatever this is, uh, there will be an hour's worth of a 24-hour stream. You can subscribe uh, over on our Patreon, patreon.com slash thebonushours. Dollar a month helps us keep the lights on and make dreams come true. <laughs> yeah, it's our dream to sit in this room and make bad permit for the frog impressions. Well, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Uh, what are you doing? Making Muppets out of hand puppets. <laughs> joining me uh, <laughs> to make Muppets out of hand puppets. Yes! My co-hosts. <laughs> He's a pile of movie quotes in a man suit. And he does a terrible Kermit impression, but we love it when he does. So, so bad. Chris Morka. <laughs> God damn it, Jim. I'm a podcaster, not a doctor. There we go. <laughs> Also joining me. You can photograph him in the woods, leaping nimbly bimbly, usually out of focus. Man, I've got two podcasts and five dollars in my pocket. Every day I'm hustling today, guys. I had no, I had nothing to come up with, and I heard that every day I'm hustling song on the way over, and I'm like, I got that. I'm kind of all right with that. Because usually you're fucking. And I've never been ready for anything in my life. Shit host, Chris Myers. Today, we're talking uh, rewrites, we're talking swap outs, we're talking alternates, and we're talking covers. Uh, all today on Between the Profane and the Profane. Oh, oh. <gasps> Microphone check. One, two, one, two. Mike one, two. I'm Zoidberg. Blue 42, blue Curse 42. you, Jam Dad! <laughs> I think we got it. <laughs> check Robot <Mike>. House! <laughs> can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. I Don't mean, slam the table right here. Ooh. That, that's that oh. uh, every time you you hit the table right here, it's like <laughs> just like a little bit. <laughs> we need to go find a fucking better cord for that bitch. I don't know where I picked that one up. Radio Shack, What's right that? down the street, <laughs> 1999. Oh, we're Why get out of the house? It's too easy. We need a delivery like Uber Eats, Uber Electronics. <laughs> Uber, give me some shit so I don't have to leave my fucking house. Yes, <laughs> Ian, Uber Life. <laughs> <laughs> Your topic. You wanted to replace key actors in sitcoms. Ah, yeah. Yeah, I, I was trying to think of like a good topic, and like that so, led me to good TV, and yeah. I mean, uh, did well, you well, did you run through a couple before that, that you threw out before you landed on the one that you want to present to us? I actually just thought of it, and like the thought popped into my head, and it was just like, yes, this needs to be a thing. And it was basically, I thought, I like basically thought of my own episode of Frasier. And like, there's an alien convention in town, and so the coffee shop that Frasier and Niles are always at are just full of alien people. And they're doing their 
their little humor at each other uh, while they're sitting at the thing saying how much better they are than everybody. They like 1950s English I mean, they were doing They're doing their version of that. They're liberal elitists. They're 90s liberal elitists. Seattle liberal elitists. There are a lot of their a lot of the jokes are about the other people at the coffee shop. Can you believe that these people would drink coffee this way? Hmm. Oh, Niles, the way that you're wearing your breast's coat is unacceptable. No, no, this is Fraser or Niles. They're oh. they're in the they're in the cafe. There's an alien convention going on. So the rest of the people, they're all make like Niles and Fraser are basically just making fun of all the alien people that are there. And uh they step outside and a bright light appears and then Niles gets sucked into a spacecraft. And like a couple days go by and then like who shows up a- in front of uh Fraser's door knocking? Judge, jury, and Sylvester Stallone. Niles has been convert like they did a strange experiment, and they like drained him of like all the things that made him Niles, and what was left over was Sylvester Stallone. There's zero Sylvester Stallone in Niles Crane. I know. That's what I mean. There's nothing left of. There's nothing left of Niles. He's except the name. He knows his name is Niles, and he knows Fraser's name. That's it. So wait, I don't even get like from go if uh, Fraser no, episode one. Like they just Niles. replaced the actor <laughs> between seasons two and three, and they're just like, "This is Niles. What do you mean it's not?" But the does same he Niles. act like Niles still, or is he? He tries to, but he's <laughs> Sylvester Stallone, so he's really <laughs> bad at it. There's so many buttons, but I like it. I think I need a psychiatrist. <laughs> he is a psychiatrist. <laughs> hey, I'm gonna talk to myself about myself. <laughs> I tried to put on a fancy jacket, but I just rip it. <laughs> hey there, Daphne. I uh, notice you're wearing a little cut house or something. It makes me feel a little, you know. Really? Randy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why yeah, it's like Randy. Randy. <laughs> An English Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> yes. And the, the main The best part of that switch is that Niles and his father finally get along better than they have through his entire life. <laughs> hey Dad, you wanna tell me about that murder you never solved? <laughs> I go go find guy, maybe break arm or two. <laughs> I don't know why he turned Russian. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, he I just thought he went caveman. I found guy. I was trying to like have half my tongue not like move while wait, I was talking, wait, and it wait, just kind of turned into. You just go complete stroke and take your tongue completely out of the equation. And then you roll your eyes in the back of your head. Then you know it's serious. Then you act like you've been kicked in the balls. Is he happy or sad? We don't know. I don't think he knows. It's a conglomeration of emotions. But yeah, and then the rest of Frasier just plays out the way that Frasier plays out. But from like this, I'd say like first episode of the second season that's what happens and then Frasier stays that way for all eternity. <laughs> all eternity? All eternity. Frasier never dies. Ever. 
I'm gonna have Fraser Life tattooed across my chest. And I'm just trying to imagine how Sylvester Stallone reacts then to all of the hijinks that Fraser and Niles uh, find themselves within. He beats the shit out of his older brother multiple <laughs> times an episode. Probably, yeah. Basic, basically, Fraser is now hiding in a corner. <laughs> He, he does all of his shows from the closet. Oh, Niles, I thought that you would be used to cold temperatures with, with being married to the Ice Queen Lilith. Ha! <laughs> the, the dad... The, da, the dad was married to Fraser. Uh, I got that wrong. The dad's married like, that's married to Niles. Fraser, you have, you have to take your brother to, the, to that formal dinner. You have to do it. It's so, He's your brother. And then it just pans over to Sylvester Stallone just drooling. <laughs> and he's like, but dad, is I don't he want lobotomized. <laughs> yeah, throughout his show, he becomes he more and more paralyzed. Yeah. By the end of it, he's. Every, I mean, you know, every episode he like loses a little time. more range of motion. Just. <laughs> <laughs> this segment is in ended due to <laughs> sleeveless. say due to Sylvester Stallone. Lobotomized. <laughs> a lobotomized Sylvester Stallone. I'm fine with it. Yeah. Uh, good. Yeah. Good. What would you guys do? <laughs> I don't know if I can beat lobotomized Sylvester Stallone. Lobotomized Crane. Oh, really? Yeah. But I would, uh. <laughs> like an actual crane. <laughs> wow. I want to I replace the part of Michael Richards as Kramer in uh, the 90s classic Seinfeld oh. with Pauly Shore Ooh. as Kramer in the 90s classic Seinfeld. That could be bad, but good, but bad. <laughs> I don't know. I, I could actually see that working. And are we having microphone problems? Hello. Okay. Hello. But yeah, I could actually uh, kind of working. I so mean, in a way, no one Pauly can Pauly Shore's going to be Fraser? Kramer. 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 In Seinfeld. In Seinfeld. Okay. Like, I could uh, kind of see it a little bit. Jerry. I'm not saying it's the... It's definitely not the best choice, but it's not the worst. buddy every time? Hey, no. buddies. <laughs> I mean, every, every time he walks in so, the door. So, you know, well, he doesn't walk in the door. He still does the Kramer slide. Uh, he brings a Pauly Shore uh, kind of probably a uh, floppiness to it. Oh, okay, Pauly yeah. Shore sort of like uh, a scarf in the wind. Pauly Shore <laughs> yes. is a scarf in the wind. Uh, All we are is scarves in the, in the wind. Going, <laughs> well, that would be an entire. There's an entire episode actually where Kramer decides to turn his apartment into Middle America. Uh, like he 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 gets a uh, like a, a screen door, like one of those ones oh, that slams shut as soon as you let it go. Yes. Uh, he, he he gets a he gets a he gets a wind chime, and he like puts a lawn chair out in front of out in the middle of the hallway, and he. Uh, my favorite <laughs> quote from it is he, he he's like reading his paper and smoking a pipe and drinking yeah. his coffee in the morning in the middle of the hallway in their New York apartment <laughs> and he's he, yeah, Jerry, uh, Jerry walks outside he's like hey Kramer what's going on he's like any town any town USA Jerry any town USA <laughs> and then he jingles the fucking wind chimes and like yes. walks inside and it slams shut <laughs> 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 and yeah I could very much imagine that with a Pauly Shore yeah. being Middle America, Jerry. Middle America. Middle America. <laughs> what do you have? I have a screen door that shuts behind itself. Oh, oh, oh! 
Later, Jerry. <laughs> then it slams. Yeah. He's their one twenty-year-old friend. Because <laughs> yeah. every, oh, yeah. every every thirty-year-old still knows that like he one has the same guy who's like twenty-three on their periphery who's yeah. just like, "What the fuck are you?" He's got that <laughs> uh, that disease that Andy, Min- Andy Milanakis has. He's oh, not no. really twelve. He's actually like seventy. He's older than all of them. <laughs> older than all of them? Yes. They go to him for advice. Yeah. It's a very weird show. It's a completely <laughs> different show. What What do we do? <sighs> Jerry. <laughs> In a way, he's timeless. <laughs> so, I had two, uh, since we've all been sitting here thinking about it, unless anybody else had anything to add to that. Nah. Uh, uh, good uh, I used to watch Smallville a lot when I was a kid. Okay. Um, so, Mike and Michael Rosenbaum played Lex Luthor. Uh, there is a, I guess I, first time I really saw him was on that vampire show, uh, that was on FX. I can't think of what the name of it is off the top of my head, but he was also the bad guy in, um, Ant-Man. His name is Corey Stoll. Hmm. I think he would have made a much more menacing, uh, and believable evil Lex Luthor. Mm -hmm. I think Michael Rosenbaum, they kind of flirted with the I'm a friend to Clark Kent too much. Yeah, yeah. And he would have made a much more believable, although he was a lot older, but a much more believable kind of if he was going if he was going to try to be a friend on the surface, he would be doing a lot a lot of maniacal fucking green goblin shit green goblin shit behind the <laughs> scenes. I always thought that his whole like weird mentorship friendship because they they played a lot more friend uh, to Clark was odd at like they just played it odd. It was odd, but I liked the very last episode. And spoiler alert for anybody who didn't make it to 2005 or whenever <laughs> the fuck the end of that shit. Uh, basically, Lex gets hit with a uh, memory eraser, sir. Oh. Yeah. So all of the shit that happened in all ten seasons of Smallville was wiped from his mind. Clark knew what happened. As, so as Superman, that's why he's always so easy on Lex Luthor, because, because it's his childhood see. best okay. friend. Okay, all right. So and I he doesn't know that, but secretly he knows that at one point in time Lex was a good guy. Ugh, loosely, gotcha. okay. I mean, I never understood. I guess I, I, I guess I never really understood the difference in age between Lex Luthor and uh, Superman in uh, Smallville. It should have been mm-hmm. about five years. Really, only five years? Yeah. Lex probably was either made it through college or was like a two-year in-college dropout. He was probably 2021, the first episode of Okay, And I guess it doesn't help because they... Yeah. The actors are the same age and like they were both like 36 at the time of filming. (laughs) No, weird shit is seeing... uh, Is it not another teen movie? I don't know. One movie he has hair, and that's weird as shit to see. Huh. It was weird to see Michael Rose, and it was one of those not another teen movie esque really? movies where he had a full head of hair, and that was weird. He played like the main characters, uh, like the we'll call it the bad person of the movie, uh, the jock or whatever. He was that friend, so you know it was like Freddie got fingered. You know, one of those weird ass like, one of those right in that time frame early two thousands uh, teen titty comedies. Yeah. Could have been Euro Trip for all the fuck I know. I, who the fuck? There were so many. Yeah, in that time there's period. a lot. Um, yeah. My my other one because I watch way too many fucking cartoons. 
uh, I was instead of replacing a actor for an actor in a sitcom, I took one of my favorite shows, uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender, and then the sequel follow-up was Legend of Korra, and I just flipped. I basically put Korra in the position of Aang. Mm-hmm. So if she already knew all three elements, woke up a hundred years after the Fire Nation had wiped out the air nomads, yeah, and now she has to figure out how to learn airbending, and then confront, obviously, at the end, the Fire Lord. And I was trying to think if I would keep the same characters that she would interact with, like would there still still be a Toph? And, uh, God, I watch way too much Naruto, and all the characters are starting to run together. I mean, I, 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 if you're ba- you're basically your, jo- it sounds like you would just cut Aang out of it. Yeah, I would completely cut Aang out, and then give insert everything that is Korra, and not change anything. Just insert that straight Freeze into Korra inside of the ice. Yeah. she'd be this about the same age as Aang was when yeah. he was frozen in the ice. Uh, Master at the three elements so that she's not trying to figure out how to do those. Yeah, she's looking it's, for an airbender teacher. I mean, that would be, that completely changes the show. That's a that's a that's a that's a cool reboot, uh, uh, and I, I would love seeing that. That's really I mean I'm, I'm down for it. You, I think that you would need to keep it probably mostly this. I mean, changing the universe that much would of course change a lot about what's going on. I mean, you could still interact you with still interact everybody. With yes. You would just have to find, and I'm trying to figure out if there was anybody left. Like, didn't they? F- no. You'd have to find monks who didn't know how to bend, but uh-huh. carried on the tradition. Oh well, yeah, movements. that's it. You would just be mm-hmm. writing. Yeah, you you would have to write in a sect of non-airbending monks who like followed the ways of the airbender in the past hundred years while they've been gone, or. <clears throat> Maybe you could call it finding the last Airbender. And you should. You could probably kill. You'd still call it the last Airbender. Yeah, like I. Yeah, Avatar: The Last Airbender. You'd still call it that, like because it's more about the idea of the Avatar looking for an Airbender who would be the last Airbender. And then, uh, I mean, if we're rewriting this whole thing, the end of season one would be that it is Aang. It's old Aang. It's, it's old hundred year old, year old Aang. Aang. Yeah. He's been hiding out. Like it, you know, you follow the trail of this sect of wandering monks, secret monks who live throughout the the, the, the four nations, uh, helped out by the White Lotus to hide out in, in the open, and they are all protecting Aang. Now here's your mind fuck, right? I mean I, yeah. It's Chris a, Angel it's mind a, fuck. It's a child <laughs> Zahir. Huh? It's a child, Zahir. Who? Is the airbender. Oh, who teaches her? Oh. Hmm. And then later on becomes the villain that she has to fight. Later with. on in the, in the in the second season. And yeah, that would be it. You would just move <laughs> up, basically. Like, you would pitch that as, like, a probably one season and a half, like, short series uh, I think you could wrap that up in a good 28 episodes mm-hmm. and then you would come in second season flash forward to when she's like 16, 17 and then you would actually do Legend of Korra uh, with you know little twinges of you know following it up 
That would be fun. I would love to watch <laughs> whatever the whatever fuck, we, the just fuck did. we just did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that would be yeah, really that, cool to watch. It sounds like you, know, you kind of rebuilt the whole show, but it did sound good. <laughs> I would, I would give it a watch for sure. It's <laughs> funny because when it's your own idea, I think you're much more open to. I mean, I kind of rewrote all of Fraser. <laughs> but again, <laughs> if, it's, if it's your though. own idea, <laughs> you're much more open to a rewrite reboot as opposed to somebody else screwing with something that was your child like a favorite from your childhood i mean i guess like as a fanboy to be able to sit back and be like you know it'd be really cool and then but i think it's interesting when someone else gets the opportunity and they're like you know it'd be really cool we're like man fuck you you can't do that shit just don't (laughs) play with my toy syndrome you're not playing you're not playing with them right don't play with my fucking toys and i i mean I understand that mentality. It's something that I've, you know, I tried really hard to break myself of, like younger, uh, like you know, years ago. I, I, I saw it in myself, like this is really stupid, because uh, you know, it's uh, the, the the art that we enjoy has constantly been changing. You know, like Dracula has been in the public domain for over a hundred years. There's yeah. a thousand Dracula stories. Yeah. A thousand of them are terrible. There's six of them that are great, right? Yeah. I, uh, that, first... That's Probably I don't know. My first intro to like Dracula, Dracula mm-hmm. was probably Bram Stoker's uh, with uh, okay. Oldman. Yeah, scary movie. I mean, it was, it was yeah. creepy. It's long, but yeah, it I'd... had its creep factor <laughs> definitely. I have I, I don't know. Again, it's been years since I've watched it, so I don't know if it holds up. But yeah, we might we might need to. <laughs> but I've gotten to yeah, I've really gotten to more of an idea where like you know these things, especially like what we consider you know the stories we grew up with are the modern American myths, and when America is dust and a, a culture comes to find us, they will see Superman and Batman and uh, and a small and, order and, of uh, McDonald's, Tom Cruise. Uh, in Mission Impossible and see those as our myths and see the ways that they changed over time uh, and, and, and you know it will be the same thing as Hercules and as these other things they, they've always changed these stories have always changed there's one McChicken still wrapped up perfectly preserved <laughs> it never goes bad <laughs> next what's, to a picture what's so great about this burger it was the food of the gods it never moved. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they used it as an offering we believe because this definitely isn't edible you do, people definitely should not and could not have been eat eating now. this. Never, you should not it be. Never goes old. <laughs> Manna from heaven. <laughs> Manna from heaven. <laughs> is constantly edible. They the apparently used Coca Cola uh, as an offering for polar bear gods. <laughs> Drove on little sleds and apparently weren't scary at all. <laughs> They got the Coca-Cola many from Mr. Coca-Cola, many a large Eli. bearded man in a red suit. Oh no! He Excuse fed me. the land Mr. Coca-Cola <laughs> uh, every every Christmas. He would bring it down their chimneys <laughs> and, and with a deer-powered car. <laughs> deer-powered car. <laughs> Pull me, deer-powered. What's oh, your God. horsepower? I don't know about you, but I'm talking about 14 deer. Reindeer. <laughs> About fourteen flying rainbows. They really next to the Constitution is one of your phone poems for some <laughs> reason behind like the only other sealed document. <laughs> That'd be wonderful. People used what to put their hand over their arm. Meaningless <laughs> amendment and phone poems. 
poems. Poem poems. I mean, poem poems. <laughs> if there's anything that is the greatest, achi- if anything is the greatest achievement of American culture, it is uh, uh, the con- the Declaration of Independence. It is um, F. Scott Fitzgerald's uh, The Great Gatsby, and it is. <laughs> Uh, predictive text phone poems. Yes. <laughs> this, this is American literature. This is, so <laughs> this is the track of history. <laughs> Let's follow it. <laughs> How did we get from here to whatever this says? <laughs> I mean, well, if we're going into more, if, we're, if we want to like actually dissect it, it like the things like predictive phone poems and these ideas, or like the, that joke. Oh, Ben Franklin would have loved it. It's <laughs> more than that. It, it's Dadaism, uh, and Dadaism was a, an art movement rising out of the nineteen uh, twenty, like right, like right into the turn of the nineteen twenties, right, right as the beatniks started to rise. Oh. It was an idea of art is meaningless when everybody up top is the is the owner of art like when rich people are the only oh, ones yeah. who can make and buy and create art then art becomes meaningless so you take old things that are art or old things that are meaningless and chop them into pieces and make nothingness out of it yeah uh, and that's where me that's like that, that's the idea of like mean humor mean humor comes from that sort of place it's this dadaist oh we're just going to chop up a bunch of shit and put it together and that's yeah. a joke now <laughs> I'm gonna draw a lady with three eyes. My name's Pablo. <laughs> Francisco. <laughs> you know what? That's what happened in the twenties. For all you art. Take four hundred and twenty-nine. <laughs> Hi, this is Two Girls on a Bench, the podcast. And we hooked up with this cool group called No Phony Podcast Network. The website is nophonynetwork.com, and you can find it on Twitter at phonyno. And you can find us everywhere at Two Girls on a Bench. Hello, my name is David Campice. And I'm Brandon Barber. And we are part of the podcast Hypothetically Great. It's a comedy podcast where we ask each other hypothetical questions uh, like, would you rather eat roadkill? Or would you rather hear everyone's voice as Gilbert Gottfried? I remember that one. That was great. On top of having our own questions prepared, we also encourage our listeners to participate and send in their own questions. So if you'd like to find out what we would do if a six-foot-tall man made a chocolate walked in the room, take a listen to our show. We're a part of the No Phony Podcast Network with a lot of great shows like the Miles and Crawford Variety Hour and Politics with Dummies. Fans uh, out there. <laughs> so if we applied this sitcom-y rule to a director in, oh. say, some of your favorite movies, who are some people that uh, you would think make an interesting, equally good movie, uh, and how would it change the tone? So, so we're talking like... You know, we want we so, want to like director cover films, so yeah. uh, uh, not so much looking into the alternate universes where I want to see my, the, the different films, but because I do still have that thing where like I would love to see the universe where Tim Burton got to make Superman Lives, uh, oh, the yeah. Kevin Smith script with Nick Cage, and I would love to see the Everybody alternate universe where Edgar Wright wrote and directed Ant Man. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but. So we're talking more 
taking like Quentin Tarantino and having him direct a uh, 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 Muppet Treasure Island. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like that. <laughs> that would actually be really good. Same actors. Yes. Same. Pr- same everything. <laughs> same. Same look. But like Quentin Tarantino just puts himself <laughs> all over it. Oh yeah. <laughs> Lots of, lots of, lots of, I say, yeah, I say lots of fake blood packets coming out of those Muppets. Just lots of dead fake blood and a lot of puppet tits. Yeah, 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 yeah a lot yeah. of puppet yeah. tits. I mean, I'm, I'm sure we'd dick. see. Oh no. <laughs> Can you imagine Probably. Pulp Fiction done in puppets? I mean, pretty soon I want I, to now. Yeah, like I, I want it in my life. Yeah, say, I'd like to live in a world where that. Puppet in a ball gag. Oh god, that comes in. Oh god! Yeah, that's but, they're gonna make it. But Someone not with has puppets, to. right? With I, Muppets, yeah. And that's a different thing. That's turning Quentin Tarantino's Pulp Fiction into Jim Henson's Pulp Fiction. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but it wouldn't. It wouldn't be the Muppets that we know. It would be Muppets. Other Muppets in his Muppet repertoire, like Dark Crystal. So it would be like Fraggle Rock. Man, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's gotta be real Muppets. It's the whole Muppet universe, but in the Quentin Tarantino universe. Can you imagine Fozzie's yeah. the one that comes out and he's the sodomite? <gasps> oh, man, you think that fucking... <laughs> That's Fozzie's role in all this? Fozzie would be fucking... Well, uh, not Zed, but fucking... Uh, God damn it, I forgot his name. Not Buck, either. Or, uh... uh no. Um, see, I would... I would, I would have put Fozzie as... No, no, Fozzie can't be Vince. Then you have uh, Grover. No, it would it would definitely have you. Your Burton Ernie would definitely have Say to it be. Again. <laughs> Say it. Yeah, I think really? that that would have to be Samuel L. Jackson as probably Bert. You're gonna and put John Tra- and John Tra- and John Tra- no, is no, no. Uh, is Ernie. Yeah, yeah. Grover Samuel Jackson. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. 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 Say it again. <laughs> oh, Say it. Say it one again, motherfucker! <laughs> He's like some weird what? Yoda. Yoda's Yoda Gonzo. Oh my god. See, I would have Gonzo as Vince. Really? Yeah, the chicken fucker. I don't know why. Yeah. He's the but yeah, Gonzo would be Vince. Huh. Okay. Alright. I, guess, I don't know. I like Big Royale oh. with cheese. Big Bird? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They have to have a special car for Big her? Bird plays John Travolta. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Big Bird and Grover play John Travolta and, and Samuel Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, while we're on it, might as well have uh, Joel Schumacher just go ahead and direct Kill Bill. Uh, it whimsical, that? whimsical, whimsical, colorful. I mean, it's already colorful. I mean, it would. <laughs> Very true. He turned the saturation up, though. That's the. It'd be more it, like he turned the surreal color and, and, and saturation up, and it would. Uh, to the point where your Smurfs are green. I don't know what male actor Uma Thurman would be replaced with, in a Joel Schumacher Kill Bill. Um. Who was hot you? at the time? Like. There's I mean, quite, that would be. Two thousand five. We're sticking with blonde. Two thousand four. I take it or Ryan anybody. Gosling. Huh? Oh. Maybe Ryan, Ryan Gosling. A young Ryan Gosling. Yeah. Um. 
My help. Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds was my next go. There you go. Just with his quips. Well, I mean, Joel Schumacher loves his camp and his quips, so he does. yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, hypersexualizing Ryan Reynolds in a in a in a murder revenge film. Uh, yeah, that very Joel Schumachery. Ooh, you are the Black Mamba. Get <laughs> <laughs> yeah. hold of that viper. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when we last fought. She sunk her fangs right into me. <laughs> <laughs> Almost too good of a job. But rather than yellow, it would all be all like pink and blue lighting. Pink, pink and blue. Really? It wouldn't do a lot of those classic um, black and whites. You know, the, all flashbacks are black and white. Mm -hmm. Oh, it would be more of a. I think all Did flashbacks like would that be tonally one color, kind of dream, yeah, but it dream wave. Be black and white. It would be a red or a blue mm -hmm. to cast, and it would all be off from off camera that weird ass like shadow blue oh yeah you know yeah. what I'm saying yeah. uh, they did a good job of that and it's only because I really just watched this movie um, when Bill and Ted make it to hell in <laughs> Bogus Adventure Bogus Journey yeah. they, they do the uh, they do that, that that lighting where it's like heavy shadow and blue okay. off from a corner yeah or red off from a corner where it like casts everything it looks like old 3D like it's those color, like that color scheme yeah. uh, you're in a submarine Okay, and you know the only lighting in there is like the red lighting, mm -hmm. yeah. so it casts just those heavy shadows. I could see all flashbacks being done in that very uh, okay. Batman and Robin, you know, like the exhaust fan with the blue light behind it, and it's casting yeah. all the shadows. <laughs> Freeze! <laughs> That's Lucy Lawless. Arnold Schwarzenegger is going to play Lucy Lawless's character. Fine by I it. know that my Japanese-American heritage may be offensive to some people. I know that my Japanese-American <laughs> heritage <laughs> may be offensive to some people. But what you do not realize <laughs> this will be the last time I will ever talk about this. <laughs> what is it I need to get into? The chopper. <laughs> <laughs> ah, it's not a tumor. <laughs> what do you got for me? Oh god, um, probably not as good as that one, man. But what I decided I, I to think do we ran was like four films there. Yeah, <laughs> there, those are some good ones. The one I have was uh, Guillermo del Toro uh, rewriting Winnie the Pooh as, and I'm what I decided is I took uh, the plot synopsis for uh, Pan's Labyrinth. And I decided to rewrite Pooh's Labyrinth. That's it. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> it's just it's nineteen forty four, and the Allies have invi invaded Nazi-controlled Europe. In Spain, a troop of soldiers are sent to a hundred-acre wood to flush out the rebels, led by Sergeant Christopher Robin, a sadistic man haunted by his own past. With him, his new wife, a track star named Kenga and their young daughter, Rue. While witnessing the brutality and horrors of war, a friendly gopher and annoying know-it-all owl leads them on a terrifying and wonderful maze deep into the land of friendship where they struggle to find their way out of Pooh's Labyrinth. I want this movie! <laughs> so yeah, that's what I did last night. <laughs> I want this movie! I want this movie so bad! Right now! Right now! I want it! I want Go it. to our Patreon! We will make this movie! The owl! 
is that creepy hand thing. Yeah. It's got no, the eyes no. on his wings. No, I was thinking Ooh. rabbit. I was thinking they run yeah. into rabbit and See, no, oh. I thought that the, be- yeah. the I thought that the fawn would be rabbit. Oh, but the, you're thinking that you're thinking the fawn would be owl. The uh the fawn would the be the fucking the, the Oh the, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that thing. Yeah. Yeah. The thing I that leads Mr. her to Pan's Labyrinth. Okay, yes. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, that, that <laughs> would be owl to you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, actually, I figured the first one to come up would be Gopher. Shay, 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 come on over here. <laughs> hey there. <laughs> Shay, come over here. And then, then Owl, of course, is, you know. Yeah, Gopher has no eyes, though. His eyes oh, are yeah. so shut. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, <laughs> hey, Yeah, that's so creepy, not, yes. Over here. <laughs> exactly. Opens up the door. W-O-L. <laughs> that spells Owl. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> takes spelling. He takes spelling very seriously. <laughs> o U L. But yeah, yeah. When you guys were saying swap out a director, I was like, I had, I bet Winnie the Pooh has been on my mind since that movie came out. So I was like, what could Guillermo del Toro wait, do wait, with wait. Winnie the Pooh? Pooh's what Labyrinth. <laughs> Payment to get in Pooh's Labyrinth. Gopher likes fingers. Oh, God, he just takes, like, a, oh, takes man. Takes off two of her fingers for her to get into this labyrinth. Oh, man, that's the price you have to pay, though. Doesn't know. <laughs> you gotta pay the price. <laughs> right this way. With his eyes sewn shut. <laughs> 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 whistles just a whistle. <laughs> you may go. <laughs> Shooky's waiting for you. She tastes like sunshine. <laughs> I'm glad you guys went before my ass because I I did very I went very simple. I just wanted to see Richard Donner do Batman '89. I, I want to see oh, okay. yeah. what the guy who directed Superman would do with like even give me that 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 same script, uh, same actors, give me everything the same. Uh, uh, but but just let Richard Donner who helmed the Superman films. And also, almost more impressive, the Goonies. <laughs> if I had to instantly pick a shot that I think he would change, um, one of my favorite scenes in uh, the 1989 Batman film is right in the opening when the family leave the theater mm-hmm. and he has the map and he's walking down and he's like, put that map away, You're gonna people are going to think we're tourists. And they go down <laughs> the back alley uh, ends up hitting the guy. They uh, rob him, and he's like, "Hey, lady, do the kid a favor. Don't scream." And she goes, "Ah!" <laughs> and then it pans up to the building, and he's like, "Hey, all right, American Express. Don't leave home without it." <laughs> okay. And then they have the big speech about, uh, "Man, what about I heard about the bat?" And then he got him, and he's like, "Man, Frankie's crazy. There ain't no bat." And then in the background. You see him come down into the smoke. Just he's all shadow silhouetted, but you see the crazy ass cape that looks like the Batwing. He's like, <laughs> that felt very Tim Burton. If it was Donner, they would look up, and he would just be standing there. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd gotcha. get the lightning strike. It would, uh, you'd, boom, it, it would be lightning would strike, bat, uh-huh. uh, a bat rather than. Uh, and it uh, wouldn't be a creepy, you know. Yeah. Like, oh my God, they're about to get. No, they, they would. American Express, don't leave home without boom, boom, and then they're like, oh, fuck, and he would be, like, right there. Uh, you know, yeah. I feel like he would... I think you'd still get the drop, but the <laughs> the reveal would be him looking at looking down on them, and then, when, you know, by the time the lightning strike is done, he's gone and already kind of coming down. You'd get the Danny Elfman theme come up, 
but it would be a far out shot rather than the kind of close up that Tim Burton uses where you know he's really silhouetted it would be Batman kind of against the moonlight okay. from far off you know like very imposing very uh, I mean I don't want to say godlike but shining uh, well very Donner shot uh, in my opinion, if you're picking, since we picked Donner to be the replacement, very end of Batman, when he's standing on the gargoyle, and then they'll light up the signal, Yeah. and his cape's kind of billowing, that's a super, I mean, yeah. that's something Superman would totally do. Yeah. yeah. He obviously doesn't have a signal, but it would be a bank alarm going off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, my job, Lois. it's a chihuahua barking too aggressively on the other <laughs> side of town, because he can hear everything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would like to see him handle the chase scenes. Would have been uh, would be a bit different, I think. Oh, okay. Uh, he probably inject a bit more of that what he learned from Lethal Weapon into his chase scene, into the like Batmobile chase scenes and stuff. That I would like oh, to see. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, a lot less trash in the street. <laughs> I and it was just a big. There was. It was like trash. The trash guy never came. There was in always Gotham? just tons of trash bags everywhere. Yeah. On every street corner. God. It's like the guy was just like, yeah, fuck it, we're on this track. We I, you know, I think that's pretty accurate, though. All you the know, <laughs> were stolen by the criminals. Yeah. Go do these crazy ass heists. They're like, put them in the garbage can. It's armored. We, <laughs> <have an> <laughs> we just, ah, yeah, it's a garbage truck. That's like compact. Like, Everybody scoot to the back. <laughs> Why? Because you're about to. <laughs> now I wonder if uh, I do wonder if Richard Donner would have gotten the same performance out of Keaton, or if he would have gotten I a better performance if he would have pulled something more out of him. If we were getting a better performance, it would not have come from the Batman side; it would have come from the Bruce Wayne side. Yeah, he oh. would have. Hmm. Tim Burton is very hmm. weird and eccentric. <laughs> This isn't how. That's not any of his interviews. That's just how he is. Tim, that's not how people act, though. He don't. You Uh, don't have scissors for hands. Very much came off. I don't know who wrote uh, Batman, eighty nine Batman. But the feel of his weirdness and quirkiness came off as Bruce Wayne, in my opinion. Bruce Wayne was very. Hmm. He was this weird recluse that nobody really knew about. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's. I guess that's true for. But he also threw these badass parties, but he was never, like, he was never a big forefront at the party. Yeah, he always would skip the party halfway through Uh, to go be Batman. (laughs) I think Donner would have made him much more of a, he would have tried to invoke the Clooney side of Keaton. Hmm. You know, he would have tried to pull out a more ladies' man persona from a Keaton and I'm trying to think if there's been a movie hmm. where he's suave and where debonair. Keaton is suave? Yeah, and I can't think of anything um, off, the, off top the top of my, of my head. head. Yeah. If you know of any, please, yeah. comments below. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I would love to. Um, <laughs> and I, you know, he still had very much of that, you know, like uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't know what should, should I tell her, should I not tell her? Batman, you know this, <laughs> Dude. I know this, but she's not ready to know this. I mean, you know, I know, you know that I know that she's not ready, but I know. I mean, I mean, God, come on. There's this guy over here, and he, he wears purple, and he's he's kind of dressed. He's dressed like a Joker, man. He's got this white face paint. I'm dressed like a bat. 
you know, I dress like a bat. Yeah. I like dressing like a bat. I look good as a bat. This is good. This is what I do. Okay? I know how to do this. <laughs> I don't know how to do that. <laughs> but I know how to... You know what I mean? You keep saying you, you don't know, but I mean? it kind of sounds like you know. <laughs> It'd be much more... They'd dial that down a lot. And that would be weird because that's kind of what Keaton is. Yeah. Hmm. You know, I mean, uh, I mean, once again, like, I, I don't know if they would dial that down as much as they would. I it, fucking Donner pulled the crazy out of Gibson for for <laughs> Lethal Weapon, uh, <laughs> a crazy that we we would not realize was true until many many years later when he made that uh, uh, Jesus Catholic snuff film. Church on fire. <laughs> oh God. Was that him? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mel Gibson made a uh, Jesus made that Christ. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that was that was Gibson. Uh, yeah. So, so I mean, I mean, he might even be able to. But if it, I feel like if Donner approached that, um, there's that that scene that he has where he interacts with Vicky Vale. Okay. Um, it would not be so uncomfortable. I think at that moment he would have been able to tell. Uh, Bruce Wayne being if it was Clark Kent Clark Kent would not have been able to tell Lois Lane that he's Superman Lois Lane is going to find out and then he's going to like catch her and be like I told you Lois oh my god you're Clark you know like he, he doesn't have the ability to be like babe I just want to tell you I'm, uh, I'm halfway halfway but down Bruce he's still Wayne would be able to if he if Whoever he wants to tell, he can just tell, and then he'll hit him with some kind of fucking paralyzing agent, and then wipe their memory. <laughs> and he'd be like, yeah, never "That's know. true." What I do? Anti-shark so, spray. <clears throat> I mean, he would Got totally be like, uh, he wouldn't have had the problem on the stairs, telling her, uh, or no, it wasn't even in the stairs. It was in his apartment when mm-hmm. he's we're in her apartment right before the Joker busts in, trying to tell her that he's Batman. Yeah, that would have come off way different. <clears throat> and yeah. he would have just disappeared whenever the Joker came through the door. You think so? He wouldn't have even been in the apartment in that whole gun scene where he got shot. None of that shit would have even happened. You think that's all he very Tim Burton stuff? Very Tim Burton. <laughs> uh, down to the fucking box with the dead roses that came out of it. When she passes out. <gasps> <laughs> you know, uh, that was very That's Tim all yeah. Tim Burton. No, he would have knocked on the door... He would have used his fucking Batman surveillance shit because he's weird, creepy like that, and just been out the door. <laughs> I don't and know. I love li- I, 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 I could very much see uh, uh, Donner <laughs> still keeping the Bruce Wayne steps up scene uh, because that is that's still showing. Like I think that that scene is necessary in a Batman movie. Uh, you don't get enough of that in more recent Batman movies. Is seeing Bruce Wayne I guess be so. like uh, Bruce Wayne do what Bruce Wayne actually does, which is like, oh, I can't be Batman right now. Let me just put on a Docker's beanie and, like, zip up this jacket, and I'm yeah. gonna go just be a guy who punches demons in the face, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nobody knows who I am. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, that's that's still one of my favorite. In, uh, what, Justice League War, the uh, cartoon, mm-hmm. the, the animated feature, there's this scene it's, uh, right after Green Lantern and uh, Batman have met for the first time, and he, uh, he sends him, or the the, the uh, oh uh, fucking so really dark seeds landing. <laughs> uh, yeah, dark seeds landing, and he uh, uh, Batman decides that his best thing to do is to not go out and be Batman to fight these demons from outer space, 
but to go and be a regular citizen and do what he can to help them, like walk into the fray and get citizens out. And like he takes off his bat suit and puts on normal clothes and zips up a jacket. And Green Lantern's like, "You really are just a guy <laughs> with no powers about to walk into this." And he's like, "Yeah, I mean that's it's what I do. It's what Batman does." Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Igor, why do you torment these? And I think I think so. that Donner would get that about Batman. What I do. I think that Donner would get that about Batman more than Burton did. Mm. And I don't know if he would show it in that scene that we're talking about. Uh, but that was Burton showing that. That was that was definitely Burton's way of showing that. Uh, you want to get nuts? Let's yeah. get nuts. Sure. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of another area where I think that would have been better portrayed by Donner in the... Um, and I don't think it would have been so much a... It would have been more a um, Batman, which is the one, I think it was the one with Bane, maybe not, maybe the one with Joker, where he gets his Lambo, run, like he intersects the guy who's trying to squeal, hey, I know who Bruce Wayne is, mm -hmm. and he drives the Lambo in front of the van, so yeah. it T-bones him, and Bruce Wayne's just like, oh, what the fuck happened? Like, I didn't know anything was happening. He would have done that in the area where Joker threw the pen yeah. at the dude in the neck. Like, oh. that's where that Donner scene would have come up, in my opinion. Okay. Huh. Uh, they w it wouldn't have happened at the apartment. It would have had, it's still, we still could have very much gotten that scene, but it would have happened in the street in Gotham, where he was surrounded by a bunch of people, where yeah. he could have maybe punched one or two guys. He's a athletic guy in shape, but then he's going to take a gun butt to the head or something <laughs> and be knocked out. You know what I mean? Um, but sure, yeah, no, I, I think I think Donner very much could have done a more streamlined job of that than Burton's kind of. Nah! <laughs> it's a good method, though. You want to know what pop rocks look like when you throw them in water? <laughs> but good replacement. Uh, yeah. For those of you who don't know, we just went on a crazy Donner trek with our lethal weapon. Mm -hmm. well, I, I, I like lens. it though. I could definitely see it working for sure. We watched all, we watched all of the lethal weapons. Except for three. We're preparing for our other podcast. Out soon. Wide angle. Look for it. Wide lens. Wide lens. Yeah, we'll see. We'll find out what it is. We haven't. Wide angle lens. It's the fisheye guys. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I hate every part. <laughs> Talk about wide angle. It's the big it's the eye podcast. So we wanted to, uh, along with our theme here of like rewriting things, rebooting things, recasting things, we all tried to rewrite a superhero origin story just for the shits of it. For the yeah. shits of it. Uh, yeah, the weather's going to be changing soon, theoretically. So <laughs> it's time. It's time for it's time for change. Why not make your own retcon? Yeah, let's do it. Let's yeah. do some tweaks. Let's do some Elseworlds, what ifs, or let's make people truly angry. Let's change the history of a superhero. Let's change an entire history. <laughs> Take everything you knew. <laughs> Throw it in the away. fucking garbage. Throw it away. It's superhero fucking up time. <laughs> Alright. What's your superhero to fuck up? Fuck it. So. It's <laughs> a good song. And this is going to sound. I wasn't sure how to start this. Like, how to actually uh, start the conversation. Uh, 
You'll get to my superhero when I get there. I'm going to set the scene, though. And you guys are going to give me that look like, where the fuck are you going with this? Because it's not right. It's not right. <laughs> so. It's not right. Oh, my scene. God. Exterior. Blink 182 is going to be your superhero. Gotham. It's raining. Batman is chasing down some criminal silhouetted by the thunder. Hey, he makes his way up this rooftop to catch the strange, uh, purpley silhouetted uh, 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 shadow enemy, what, you, what have you. There's a slight pop, and appearing underneath the jacket of, uh, of, the, of, the, of, of this villain slides Batmite. And Batmite says, Batman, I gotta, I gotta do something. You, you gotta, you, you're gonna pass this test, though. Don't worry. And Gotham will be fine. I'll take care of that. And he collapses. He, he does fucking, you know, fifth dimension shit just as the gun goes off and hits Bruce Wayne in the, in the head and the chest twice. Bruce Wayne falls and vanishes. Oh, okay. Bruce Wayne falls to the street, lands on top of a car in the middle of New York City. Okay. Down the street. And you do mean New York City, not our I mean, I mean New York City. I mean, okay. like Pace Picante, New York City? I New mean, York City! <laughs> uh, he, he, he tries to call into Alfred. He tries to call in to the, to the Justice League Tower. He tries to call Clark. He can't get a hold of any of them. He, he, he finds a way to kind of change his clothes, you know, hide that he's Batman. Walks into a store. The store is, is held up, and, and, and Batman immediately does his Batman thing, flips the kid onto the counter takes the gun out of his hand and throws him out the door. Uh, Batman continues to walk. Down the street, we see a young kid arguing with uh, a man in a suit uh, and, and his assistant. You owe me more for these pictures. These are greater pictures than anybody could get. Like the, the, this is the, All seven of these are worth more than $50. You owe me more than that. Well, that's not exactly my problem, kid. Maybe when you're out of high school, we can help you out. But you're freelance, so we'll take these. As they walk out, the two people are robbed. Uh, the teenager does nothing. He continues down the street. Three gunshots ring out. And this is where our teenager comes to his uncle laying on the ground with a shot in him and our Batman holding one of the assailants down. The car's going down the street. The cops come. They arrest the shooter. The ambulance picks up Uncle Ben. Batman has saved Uncle Ben's life. Okay. And now the, the, the meeting scene, I think, would be after that where Spider-Man chases down the shooter, uh, or one of the shooters, you know, there's three yeah. of them. He chases down the one that got the car, and Batman chases down Spider-Man. And from there, we have a Spider-Man who has an Uncle Ben who's alive, paralyzed, but alive, and who is being trained by a Batman out of his own reality. Okay. Nice. And I had no idea where you were going to go with this one. There was yeah. So, I was like, alright. That's so badass. First <laughs> off, Batman's going to come in, and he's totally going to put Tony Stark in his place by being a way better superhero 
and doing oh, crazy no, no. Cool I mean, shit was when I was like writing yeah. it, like if I actually and I, I do, I, I'm gonna put this. I'm gonna put it on the uh, on on the blog. Uh, like Bat, when Batman's buying a shirt because he needs to appear to be a civilian. He's in a gas station, you know, a bodega, and he buys a cheap shirt, and it says, I am Tony, I am Iron Man on the front. <laughs> like, little things like God that. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, he's kind of a TAS Batman. I didn't really put that in there, but in my head, he's kind of a, the animated series style oh, okay. Batman. Okay. Um, uh, but yeah, no, because I, I, I really, that's always been my one, like, weird alternate universe. I've always wanted to see a Spider-Man trained by Batman, and I that, know that is Batman a... Beyond, but... <laughs> But I would want to see, like, I think it would be cool to see Spider-Man the Boy Wonder, basically, is what I would call the the line. Then okay, I yeah. Then going to do some weird thing where Bat gets dropped in, inter- like, ends up getting in the middle of some kind of superhero, supervillain fight. Yeah. Spider-Man dies. Oh. And he takes over the mantle. Batman takes oh, over the Spider-Man man. mantle. Huh. He would With have to. He'd have to have. He'd have but to he have the. But uses his technology. The technology. Yeah. yeah. So he has to use the web shooters. Yeah. Because he doesn't have the agility to get around. He gets around like Batman, as a spider. So he like beefs up Spider-Man. <laughs> See, my idea was that um, it was. But like, I like that too. I, it's like yeah. a really cool like. Uh, would he, would he, become the guy in the chair? Would Batman become the guy in the chair, yeah. or um, would he also would he be do on Batman the street? stuff in Marvel? Oh man. Oh, that would be fun for a while. I mean, I to me, uh, if I left it at like you know, the I- ending the issue would be the reveal that Uncle Ben is alive. You know, like oh, and you know, the, this is the guy that saved you. His name is Bruce Wayne. He helped you out, and you know that's how you would end the issue one of that. Uh, but it would be a lot of. I mean, it would definitely be Batman showing Spider-Man how to fight because that's one thing that I've always kind of wanted from a Spider-Man is. Like somebody used to teach you how to actually kung fu, kid, uh, and it would it would take a Batman to do so. Because if you could, if I can't imagine a fucking like sixteen year old Spider Man who's like training to Karate Kid with Batman plus spider senses, yeah, plus super strength. <laughs> Well, it was, uh, and then I'm sure he'd also have like spider shuriken and all kinds of other fucking yeah. kitschy Batman bullshit. Yeah, of that course. was one of my favorite. <laughs> I don't know if it was that I've watched so much Superman stuff. It was either a, an issue, a Superman issue, or it was a episode in the animated series, like the Timverse, mm-hmm. where Superman states that Bruce Wayne actually trained him in hand-to-hand combat. Huh. Because Super, Batman told him, hey, sometimes you're going to come up against people who are as strong as you. Yeah. Sometimes you're going to come up against people who are stronger than you, who are better fighters than you. You know, you can't just rely on your brute strength. And so he, you know, he got trained by Batman, and I was like, God, that would be terrifying. Yeah, yeah. Because oh, Batman. Yeah. fucking Superman with the skills of a Batman. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, and that was my idea. I would love to give Spider-Man the skills of Batman. I'm taking it yeah. so much further. My mind is like, so now, <laughs> now Bruce has come in. He's got to change his identity because he can't tell anybody that he's Bruce Wayne. So he becomes Nick Fury. And then he <laughs> takes over S.H.I.E.L.D. And his whole overarching wow. goal is to figure out how to get back to his universe. But he can't tell anybody that. So he's got to be this awesome fucking superhero guy that now saves the whole Marvel Universe before he goes back to DC. <laughs> so the whole Civil War thing, that would have just been like two sentences. It's like, Bat Spider-Man won it. <laughs> 
Actually, one sentence. That's it. Bat Spider Man. Bat and the Spider. Bat and the Spider. Um, that's that's definitely a cool scenario, and they should. If they were ever to legacy out any of the main superheroes that we grew up with in Marvel DC, mm-hmm. I would like that. I would like a next-gen superhero, mm-hmm. whether it be the son of Spider-Man, the daughter of Spider-Man. You know, maybe we get, uh, if we do some kind of lineage comic, it might start out with an aging Spider-Man and his son-daughter out together, but by, you know... A year or two into the comic, Parker has now retired, mm-hmm. and this other one is Spider-Man, Spider-Woman. It would be Spider. It would, it would be Mayday, uh, um, since Mayday's technically canon anyway. You know that would be cool. Where I would I would appreciate that transitioning out, where you get that that training, that superhero, or if you had a superhero uh, from like the the offspring of superhero A. Mm-hmm. Maybe they didn't want to be Spider-Man, but they had all of the powers of Spider-Man, but they were like, I really like this superhero. <laughs> hey, this superhero, can you mentor me on how to be you with all my powers and abilities? Yeah. yeah. So, like, you know, shit like that would be cool. A Jedi order of fucking... <laughs> of superheroes. Yeah. That would gotcha. be kind of cool. Like a, a superhero cross-training camp, like where they cross each other's powers or train each other. And each, yeah. It I would be some it. kind of... That'd be a crazy dojo. It'd be some kind of super-powered university. Yeah. Man, I spent so long trying to find a way to get Batman into the Marvel Universe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. we got to do some crazy shit. That was a good... Uh, was good. I, I, I don't know why I landed on Batmite, but I... Uh, <laughs> uh, Batmite, or I also would have accepted uh, the Omax... Yeah, opening some kind of yeah, temporal portal. Yeah, the could have done something. Um, hmm. I went... I had Superman. Okay. So I took Superman and I literally flipped it on its head and instead of sending uh, Kal-El from Krypton exploding to Earth, uh, I had it where Krypton sends out a um, informational probe like the equivalent to our... I wish I looked it up. The gold disc. The satellite that has the gold disc. Is it Voyager? Yeah. So the equivalent to our Voyager. Um, We intercept it, uh, you know, whether it's SETI or NASA. um, Scientists build this object, and it turns out it's a wormhole to go from here. Like, we are able to send things to Krypton. Okay. And they back and forth. And it starts out as uh, technology. You know, think of Star Trek before somebody was brave enough to step on the pad, they would just send cargo to and like from the earth to the ship. Yeah. The ship to the earth. So it'd be sending things from Krypton to Earth, from Earth to Krypton. Mm-hmm. And then they perfect a technology and want to send a baby through. Like it's it's like a genetic swap. So the humans send one through and then oh. it collapses. Okay. So now you have this human baby who was adopted by the elves, so Jurel and his wife, Laura. Gotcha. Uh, and uh, basically Lex, because of the red sun, is has a autoimmune deficiency. So they have to use the scientific technology, the future scientific technology of Krypton 
to save Lex Luthor. And he uses the technology of Krypton and his debilitative autoimmune deficiency to craft the suit that we see him use as a villain on Earth to ah. become a superhero on Krypton. Okay. But outside of the suit, he's not this strong uh, mm. alien trying to masquerade he's, as a human. He, he is a very frail human trying to fit into this society who is very class-driven. You know, they have science guild and a military guild. And, yeah. <clears throat> and so he becomes this... It's a world he could get, in, he could he get become, along with well, actually. He becomes <laughs> much more like a Batman, where okay. he's a vigilante superhero versus a... Uh, savior of the world. Uh, yeah, Superman. yeah, I gotcha. And I, I don't know. I thought that was a really cool, yeah, flip. I mean, that's a For lot sure. of flipping, and I, I really like it. Uh, rather than make it, rather than strengthening him, you make him weak. Uh, uh, and you know, part of Lex Luthor's whole thing is that he is strong. You know, like, like he still has the intellect. He yeah, still yeah, has he's his still genius. he's still Lex Luthor. Yeah, uh, through, through and through. In fact, down to the idea that, like, you know, part of Lex Luthor's problem with Superman is that he is super. Yeah, and he's not a man. Like, fuck yeah. him. He got he he got those gifts from from by, by, by chance, just handing like handed to him. I worked <clears throat> for it. I am I am super. I am a man. And so flipping <laughs> that on its head, making him weak in a alien uh, land, and then having to be made strong. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then taking that power and using it in a, in, a, in a different way it is really cool. I like that idea. Uh, I really like that. Yeah, and it would be. But would you take it on? Uh, would he still? He, you no. don't think that he would be a beacon of hope, though? I mean, I would. I would want to at this present time, without sitting down and really hammering it out. Mm -hmm. I don't know how he could. Yeah. Just because, uh, if if Krypton was an American democratic society, I could see how maybe he could become this beacon of hope, and people are like, "Oh my God, look, it's Superman." <laughs> This rocket dude flying through the sky. Mm -hmm. um, because of how I know Krypton is, yeah, they would shoot his ass out of the sky. Now, <laughs> like he would not be welcomed would, at all. Would the change, like, all right, with uh, outside of the science guild, yeah, without the yellow sun to heat up his head, would he still have hair in this universe? Technically, he would have a full head of full. red hair. Oh, okay. He has Lex red Luther hair. Had red hair before. I don't know. Maybe really? he has an autoimmune disease. But he, he does have the autoimmune disease, so oh, he might okay. not have any. He might That's still true. lose hair. That's true. He might lose his hair from whatever. Like the suit makes him lose his hair because it's oh, keeping him alive. Okay. Yeah. We'll say the radiation that he has to get from the kryptonite, which is what powers his suit. Yeah. Ah, which is what keeps okay. Him, that makes sense. Makes him strong. Gotcha. But outside of the suit, he's like frail and pale and... Yeah, dare I say, there used to be, and this is really calling back, and I'm talking maybe every bit of somewhere between 25 and 28 years ago. There was a... Uh, the guy who played Dyson in Terminator 2. So okay. the, the guy who was the scientist mm -hmm. that created all the technology. Oh, okay. There was a, a TV show where he was a paralyzed scientist who made a suit where when he got in the suit he was a superhero and fought crime okay. but all the other times he was a uh, handicapped scientist but he was like super suited I don't did know it take what place it in called. Detroit 
I don't was remember. he there to just like fight crime by firing as many bullets as possible? But yeah, no, I mean it was one of those, <laughs> and they had it all cheap, and you know the scientific lab was in in his office, and it was like yeah. it looked like it was laid out on a tanning bed, it, and he it looked like Skynet shit, and like all the electricity would power him up. Gotcha. <laughs> but I could see it like that. Like I don't know, he'd probably be able to walk, but I could see him on. Uh, like he would be in a, you know how Stark puts on a pre-suit before the suit goes on. Mm -hmm. So the pre-suit would be what he would be in all the time to let him move. Oh, if he's yeah, out yeah, of the yeah. suit, I don't think he would be able to walk out. Like he would be on the, um, the brace. Oh, the okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I imagine him like uh, looking sort of like Superman from uh, Flashpoint, Flashpoint Superman. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Which is a. He was basically that, kept under red light the entire time, and he had no yeah. muscular structure at all. He was oh, very thin okay. and emaciated. Gotcha. Yeah, like a starved Superman is what he is. What that Superman looks like. So I mean, think of like a gotcha. a Stephen Hawking's. All right. Yeah. In on Krypton, so he he basically he uses his technology, his intellect to learn the ins and outs of the Kryptonian technology. And builds himself to be a superhero off of that. Is Kal-El still born? Uh, I would imagine you could keep so. him born. You could make him to where... I mean, that he could have been the child that was supposed to go through. That didn't. Yeah. So they could actually grow up being childhood friends. Brother. Yeah. 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 Raised his brothers. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Ooh. Yeah. I like and it. And that puts a whole new tweak on the mm -hmm. Smallville story. Yeah. So, I, I mean, there's lots of cool stuff. <laughs> Again, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a storyboard guy. I need somebody to fill in all the holes, but that would be cool. That would be a cool thing to do. Ian, how did you ruin Catwoman? <laughs> oh, dude, I improved Catwoman so much. All right, like, are you guys familiar familiar with the movie The Fly? With Catman? Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Like, imagine that plus Catwoman. Is that really what you're doing? Well, pretty much, man. Dude, I wrote a story because I, like, I was <laughs> like, I have to come up with something solid today. And so, like, I have a whole thing here. All right, I'm going to just start it off right here and read... I'm going to blast through this thing. Selena Brundle is Catwoman. Her origin story is as follows. On a dark, stormy night, Ronnie Quaffey was about to bring in a new child into the mad city of Gotham. However, this child was different than her other children. This one only had two legs instead of the usual four. This one had two strange front arms, ending in what's almost like monkey hands. She doesn't know what to do with it. She can't abandon it, but she can't call it one of her kitties either. So she leaves it with her most experienced companion and pack mother, Garfielda. Garfielda was a stern but caring cat mother, showing young Selina how to stalk her prey, how, how, and how to have more cheeseburger, and how to strike quickly when needed or sometimes when not so needed, with a K. Laugh out loud. I wrote that for the, my, my notes. That was for me. Um, after a few years, uh, Selena... <laughs> Jesus, what have I done? <laughs> after a few years, Selena noticed... Yes. <laughs> she noticed she had mentally and physically surpassed the herd, so she told Garfielda that she needed to speak to the hairless one and would be leaving for some time. Garfi Garfielda said meow 
and told young Selena that the hairless one shouldn't be bothered, but if she must talk to her, bring a freshly dead mouse as an offering and put it in her favorite shoe. Um, so after a good night's hunt with many juicy rats to fill a shoe or two with, she asked the hairless one if she had any idea if she had or who was her father. Her non-feline mother told her that he was a man named Seth. Seth Brundle. He was a mad scientist and not a perfect man by any stretch of the paw. But Selena had to go and find her dad. She snuck down the pipes uh, of Arcat Asylum and found Seth, who, who now calls himself Jeffy G after multiple years in solitary with nothing but dinosaur movies to watch. Not sure the connection there. Oh, that was that was for me. Sorry. That, <laughs> that, not sure the connection. But anyways. But it's Jeff Goldblum. Uh, but, but she purred and asked if she purred. And the she dad? Yeah, the, 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 uh, the mad scientist from The Fly. That's her dad. Oh, that's, her, that's her biological I got father. It. Yeah. And, uh, but she, she asked if he was her real cat daddy. He replied, I am your father. However, you aren't my daughter, at least not yet. And then she asked what, she, what he meant by that, and then he showed her his teleportation machine. Then he, he explained if, he go, if she goes through the teleporter with one of his trusty baboons, she will have proved herself. So she does, only except at the last second. She throws the baboon across the room and calls over her half-sister, Catalina, and jumps through the portal. Out of the other side walks out Catwoman. <laughs> She's half cat, half woman. Yeah, yeah, I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would schlock that movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Definitely, you have to have a drinking game. Guys, for we have to launch the bonus hours comic line right now, and these are our first three titles. <laughs> uh, just a heads up: a group of cats is called a clouder. A clouder? A clouder? Really? A clouder? That's a clouder of cats. A clouder of cats. Really? I did not know. Did you did you ask Google that? Is I, that what I Google? did? I asked Google, and that's what they told me because you said I said a herd, a herd of cats. I was yeah. like, what do you call a uh, yeah. herd of cats? And apparently, it's a clouder. A clouder. Yeah. Okay. Like chowder without the H. I see. Yeah, wow. Chowder without the H. <laughs> yeah. Clouder. You want some chowder, kitties? <laughs> yes. I, I. But yeah. Ian, I. I am stunned. <laughs> you're, you're stunned. I, I you're st are you starstruck? Is that the day of our third imagining episode. this? <laughs> I was, I was, I was not ready for any of that. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've know, been preparing I all there week. Was going to be a cat woman. You were ready for that part. Uh, yes. So I that was part wasn't the surprise. <laughs> Garfielda or the birthing <laughs> of this <laughs> or the fly. What does this cat pod. woman do? Hmm? What does this cat woman do? Oh, she does the same shit, but uh, she's she uh, half cat, half woman do. now, like officially. So she actually like can run faster, jump higher, but she has cat feet. Human hands, cat feet. Like, are we talking bat cat feet or front yeah, cat yeah, feet? Yeah, yeah, bat like bat cat so feet. So she's got, like, yeah, but like human size, but they're cat. But like you know. But she's still a cat burglar. Yeah, she's still a cat burglar. She's, she's actually a more cat. Burglar. She's a real cat burglar now, dude. She really is. She, but and, and she's also an exterminator part time. That's her day job. 
She's really good at catching mice. Yeah, she's really good at catching mice and all sorts of stuff. Um, she's distracted heavily by yarn. That's an issue. And uh, laser pointers. Those are her weaknesses. She can't focus for shit if there's a laser pointer in the room. Just instantly up the walls and shit. But she's human, so human size. Boy, I'm telling so, you. Uh, <laughs> very dangerous. Laser security systems must fuck her up. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good point. What are you doing? But she can figure out other ways into the building like a cat would. Cats can get anywhere. Yeah, I'm just saying. All I gotta do is move the line and she's like... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. That was fun. That was fun. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> that was wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> and now we got three vastly different origin stories. Yeah, all yeah, on yeah. Different levels. That way was out. Cool. Yeah, oh. yeah. All of them readable, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I would have read any one of those, those damn stories. <laughs> I would have read either one of them. Yeah. So, whether it's a Spider-Man getting trained by Batman or a Lex Luthor emaciated mofo becoming the hero of Krypton, or yeah, Jeff Goldblum. See, I would. Yeah. That one would still just be called the Catwoman. That, that one, yeah. the Catwoman. That'd be the, the Catwoman. Cat yeah. What is that? Ask not at hyphen. Yeah. Catwoman. Cat and yeah, I was gonna say, and and the cover would kind of mimic the fly in a way, but you know, more cat themed. <laughs> Yours would be what the, the Lex L. The uh, I actually the, I changed his name to since his full name is Alexander. Mm -hmm. I cut it right in the middle, and it was Zanel. Like Z A N, X A N, Zanel, the Superman of Krypton. Zanadu. Title, or would you still just call it Superman? I don't know. Yeah, I haven't decided yet. That seems like a mouthful. But if it's just if you cut it to like a three issue, yeah, it doesn't matter. No, but if you were going to make it an ongoing series, I would not want it that long. Yeah. Um. And if you just labeled it Xanel, people might think that's some kind of weird prescription drug. <laughs> try so, try the new Xanel. <laughs> 50 milligram dosage. <laughs> and yeah, I think I'll either title it Spider-Man Boy Wonder or The Bat and the Spider. <laughs> the Bat the Spider? The Bat and the Spider. The oh, and the, the Bat and the Spider. Okay. The yeah, Bat and the Spider and the... Something Spoon. And the... And the dish ran away with the spoon. <laughs> yes, the bat and the spider and the dish ran away with the hey spoon. Hey, diddle, diddle, the cat and the fiddle. The cow, cow jumped, jumped over the moon. moon. There it is. Yeah. And then it instantly switches every single time. I insert Little Miss Muffet. So it's hey, diddle, diddle, the cat and the fiddle. The cow jumped over the moon. Along came a cider. <laughs> along came a spider that sat down beside her eating her curds and whey. And I'm like, that doesn't make sense. That is a rhyme. I have no idea how what was I taught as a child. either ends or starts. <laughs> uh, predictive phone brain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got a case of it. <laughs> did I already, what did you guys learn today? Um, we, we learned, uh, we learned, uh, some good ideas about certain movies and characters. Ambiguous <laughs> superheroes. Think about it. Think about it. We learned to think about it today. Yeah. We learned to think about it. We learned to think about it today. <laughs> what <laughs> ifs is a fun topic. <laughs> what ifs are fun topics. They, they do make for nice, fun episodes, uh, and fun topics, and, and, and a whole episode of different types of what ifs was a lot of fun, and I'm glad we did that one. Uh... So, uh, any last words? Woo! I'm, I'm, you're a little early on your woos. I know, Not I know. Not so I'm much wooing am. as... Uh, I tell you what. 
It's not so much last words, but to our subscribers and listeners out there, we are going to be starting our Halloween-themed episode preparation very, very soon. Indeed. If you guys very much enjoyed our uh, Halloween Treehouse of Horrors episodes that we did last year, submit us some topics and themes that maybe we could write about. Because we would like to continue to do something like that and having as much time to prep as possible is absolutely key to making sure that you guys get the best product possible. So if you'd like to help us out with that, we would very much like to provide a good episode for you guys. It gives us more time to come up with great stories like the ones that some of us came up with today. Yeah, yeah, it does. (laughs) Uh, I would also like to say that uh, on September 29th, uh, we will be doing a cross-channel uh, 24-hour stream with our friend uh, over uh, JD over at Team Chaos MTG. Uh, it's going to be starting at 3 p.m. on Saturday, September 29th, and uh, we'll do a live episode of this show between the Profound and the Profane at 11 p.m. So uh, tune into that, stick around for as long as you can, uh, and you can catch it on twitch.tv slash the bonus twitch.tv slash the bonus hours network you also could get the very ever bonus hours morning show yeah honk honk beep beep one three in the morning probably five but yeah don't have coffee september 29th uh twitch.tv slash the bonus hours network tune in 24 hours of uh, bonus hours and team chaos content. And it should be a fun one. Yeah, yeah, it'll be a good one. And uh, uh, take care out there. Uh, keep doing whatever you're doing. And we love you. We love you. We good night, everyone. Woo! He's learned. He takes the headphones <laughs> off before the woo. Yeah, that's a <laughs> smart idea. <laughs> Uh, I say our strongest talk, strongest topic was the whole origin creation there. I, I like that one. That was probably my favorite. The Bonus Hours is a collective of friends who not only are trying their best to be creative constantly, but to inspire others to be creative. We make podcasts, we make comedy, we make films, um, we write articles, um, we do just about everything that we possibly can, uh, vlogs on YouTube. So if you enjoy uh, what you just heard, could you please uh, support us? And you can support us by subscribing on iTunes, uh, giving us a five-star rating, as well as a written review there on iTunes. Uh, you can further help us by sharing all of the episodes, uh, all of the content that you enjoy uh, uh, on social media. Uh, it would also be a big help if you just told people uh, what you like about the show, about the things that we write, about the things that we say. And uh, yeah, that, that'll be it. Just If you enjoy what you hear, uh, please do what you can to support us. And right now, the best thing we can do to support us is to get the word out. Thank you very much, and hope you enjoy the night.
for this and other shows quite like it, please check out our website, thebonushours.com. <laughs>